Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. We are at the grounds. We're not necessarily at the grounds. We're at another... I came down here. We're doing all these Is podcasts the intro? at the it's grounds. Terrible. Yeah, we're doing the intro right now. <laughs> Don't worry. Believe me, my <laughs> listeners are used to this. I know, but, <laughs> but I'm going to tell my listeners to come. Okay. And, and you are so stuck up. Just, like, he just tries to keep it going, and then you're just like, no, you're going to stop this one. Hey, don't don't make – I mean, like, I'm second-guessing myself, like, every day, all the really? time. So Dude, like, you seem so confident. Oh, like, I like am. Like, you're leading yeah. this. Yeah, you know what I mean? That part was a joke, me saying I second-guess myself. <laughs> Ooh. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure me out. Um, yeah, so we're at the grounds um, all day today and tomorrow. I'm going to get some team roping lessons. The grounds is in Huntsville, Texas, and it's um, 42 units. It's where you can keep a horse and live while you're in college at Sam Houston State, or if you just want, you're just needing somewhere to live and rodeo. So a uh, great community out there. We were just there. The man with the plan is Jeremy Ray Melanson, a.k.a. Malankin, a.k.a. Lankin, a.k.a. Lanko, a.k.a. Queso Blanco, a.k.a. Queso. Captain Queso. He built the grounds from the ground up, pun intended. And, uh, yeah, here it is seven years later. So, anyhow, we are at his house with his beautiful wife, uh, these are my best friends. Oh, oh, that ladies and gentlemen, and she is the CEO of desert canary design, which is the couches we're sitting on. She builds overpriced couches. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. <laughs> we're not sure if it's overpriced or not, but we gonna find out. <laughs> so this is uh, their story and my story. And I tell a story I've never told on a public broadcast. I've maybe told 10 people that story. It's like the prelude. I don't think I've told 10 people. I think I've told under 10 people well, that story. considering we weren't one of those people. Jer well, Jeremy friend? knew about it. I didn't necessarily tell him the story because he was around at when it happened. But you get some insider stories of Dale Brisby, Desert Canary Design, Turnkey, Metal Buildings, and the Grounds. So It's been a fun run, man. We didn't actually talk about the grounds in the podcast, but no, you we didn't talk about Desert Canary Design in the Desert Canary Design podcast. We <laughs> talked about Jeremy and what a house cat he is and how much we all love him and how wonderful he is. So we can't wait to get to it. Now <laughs> on to the podcast. <laughs> I hope people understand my sense of humor. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rick McCumber's studio. Is that what you called it just now? He called it the studio he for did. sure. Yeah. This is like a, a freaking um, sculptor's uh, paradise. Four-year-old's paradise, too. <laughs> it's a lot different from his prior sculpting paradise that he was in. Yeah, a portable building. 20-year-old portable building. Is it still there? Did you know what? No. You know what? Um, the so a friend of mine dates the guy that runs that ranch now, and they bulldozed all the barns. They dug a big hole, bull, bulldozed. Oh, the barns. you're talking about back home? Yeah, in George West, yeah, South Texas, and um, so there's a pond where the the barn used to be. There's a pond now. That's Crazy. awesome. I Dang. mean, there's different perspectives, yeah. but I bet it looks awesome. It made me cry, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't look right without a trailer house there. <laughs> 
Um, have you been back? Well, you haven't been back. No, not since last time I was down. We went to go see my grandpa. Yeah, there hadn't been a reason to go back. So, I've been yeah. back in a long time. When when we went to Los Fresnos, that wasn't the last time you went. No, we went one time after that. We, were, we went to San Antonio Rodeo. We went to some epoxy class, yeah. and then we went down to see my grandpa. Like, oh, okay, we're gonna come see people, and we get down there, and he's on hospice. Like he is non-coherent. Yeah. And we had no idea. And that so, was after San Antonio, Yeah, and right? so we left the San Antonio Rodeo and went down to go see people, you know, while we were there. And we get there, and he's like, the hospice nurse is holding his hand. And we had no idea. And so Jeremy stepped outside and called my dad and was like, hey, Rick, if you want to, you know, now it's now or never, you know. And so my dad got in the truck and drove home from San Antonio and was there in time to say uh, goodbye to my, his dad, you know, and he died the next morning. Dang. Yeah. yeah. How did y'all not know that? It was pretty was, heavy, man. Was, was there super not super heavy? Was there not someone that um, maybe could have? No, like, no, no. Hang no, on, hang on. It was not that no one knew anything. It's just everyone was trying to be positive and all that. Like we we did know that he wasn't. Family doing didn't reach good. out and tell us. We we knew he was. You know, like hey, we need to go see people. If you're in town, you know, it wouldn't hurt to come by and see your gotcha, grandfather. Gotcha. And then so we went to go see him. You know, and we we're like whoa, and um, we're also not really sh- you know like long story short just non-communication among the family i suppose and so yeah. thankfully jeremy and i went down there and um after that we went down after you know dad had spent some time with his, his dad we went to um we went and ate food at this little mexican place in mathis and we were talking about death you know and i and, you know my dad was bummed out and i was like look we're all going to be there one day like hopefully yeah. i'm holding your hand one day you know and you're not holding mine it's just death is a part of life and then jump forward yeah. however many years you know Three or four. Yeah, a little while. There you go. Yeah. My, uh, so after Pop died, um, yeah, I went, I was like, damn, there goes all the family history. Cause I didn't really know a lot of it. And my great great granddad had written a book and which was cool. And I can go to that, but like my old man would fill in the gaps. And then, uh, so when he died, I was like, oh, snap. There's a few things I would like to know to clear up some. And so I went to my granddad, but he only knew like the four stories that I'd always heard. Mm -hmm. And I would like ask him other questions about family and he didn't, he had already kind of lost it. It was so sad, but I was like, dang, I didn't realize, you know, which I think it, it was a matter of a year, which he was still cognizant, but he couldn't tell me like lineage, right? you know? Yeah, Rick was really into that. They did the, I don't know what, like the family tree stuff, you know, and he had all the yeah. books and stuff, and it ended with him, you know? Yeah. It just kind of tells you, like, make make what you have of the time you're here because you're just a blip on the radar. Right. You know? So your legacy is up to you, I suppose. No, he was really good at, at keeping up with all of that. And, it's like it's just he was like always in general. Well, yeah, and he was always preparing not to be here. No, I, I know that sounds silly, but, like, uh, my dad I, was not. <laughs> dude, my dad, my dad was so aware of, aware of his own mortality. I think he was scared of it. But um, I remember ridiculing him because he was making all those videos with Slevin in here, and I was like, "Quit exploiting my kid for Facebook views, you know? Quit making these videos." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "You know, I think it would be really cool if uh, I would think it's really cool if I could hear my grandpa's voice." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, that's some perspective." Right. And so I quit really ridiculing him. I'm so glad I did. I haven't watched any of the videos still, but yeah, because he would have stopped if you'd have continued to ridicule. No, him. it was just a different perspective, <laughs> you know. Like it was just, it was just different. I always wanted to get a podcast with him, but I just kept putting it off. 
It wasn't that I put it off. It's just that, you know, it's a long drive. And I was like, well, next time I'll do it. Next, next time, time I'll yeah. do it. That's okay. He got to teach you a lot of things that he put on the wall of, of his wall of fame over there where he taught everybody everything. So. Yeah. Rick McCumber is a. Um, he cast the big shadow. Very well known. What would he. Silversmith? What would you a define silversmith, him as? Yeah, artist. A silversmith and artist. Cowboy artist. But would Cowboy make artist, like yeah. sculpt, sculptures that were just like life size of like somebody on a horse. Like, like a monument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so more importantly than that, like he, it's just what was like so special about his work is how authentic it was. You know, he was a real cowboy. I can't talk about this. <laughs> Anyhow, but he was a working cowboy. And then as he got older, you know, it just turns out he was a working cowboy who was incredibly talented, you know? Right. And so all of his artwork, it reflects that, you know, in like the, the, the titles, the situations, you know, like he made sure everything was correct. The bits were correct for the time era. You right. know, he made those Texas Ranger bronzes. And the gun's correct, and the boots are correct, and the spurs are correct. You yeah, know, the badges is correct. You know, and so everything's super authentic. Yes. And that was super important to him. And I think that was yeah. what was really special about. He about asked his me work. one time. He said, uh, he, "He said, you know why you like Lonesome Dove so much?" I'm like, yeah, because it's got Gus and Call in it. You know, <laughs> and he's like, no, because it's right. He said the the guy that was in charge of making sure. The, the guns were right, and the stirrups were right, the and the spurs were, were right, right and the you know, reins he, were right. He said, you don't, you you know, he, he said, and it's not like this, this, the way he explained it, it wasn't like this snobbish thing. It was just like, you didn't notice it because it was right. Yeah. You know, like, because it was so well done, and it was, and everything fit, it's not that you noticed that the bits were right, it's that you didn't notice that they were wrong. But you right. like the, but you like the final outcome, you like the final piece of art. You don't know it. You can't. You can't pinpoint why you love it so much. Right. But it's just authentic and. But he would make like uh, he he said there. You know, there's artists out there that, that they'll buy little spurs to put on their art. Like every spur, every bit, every every piece of hardware that's on one of those bronzes, he actually hand cut out of silver yeah. and then cast it um, into like a plastic thing that he did, and he would cast it into that artwork. But Every piece was made by him, so well, even the tiny pieces. Not plastic. He would cast it into wax, and then put yeah, it, he'd put it on the on the clay, and then when they mold the clay, it would be cast in bronze. Right. It's pretty cool. You know, that was the thing you were talking about, like lineage. I was always gonna. Um, I always wanted to learn silversmithing. You know, like because I could incorporate it into what I do, because I wanted to be able to make the buttons and the conchos and the, the just what I wanted to make. I wanted to know the craft to make it. You know, and I always was gonna come over here and learn it, and I just yeah. let the time slip. You know. I was going to learn to shoe horses. My old man was a good shoer, but that was one thing I didn't learn from him. That um, Leroy just switched from leather work to silver work. Yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of like, dang, that would have been perfect. I need to come down here and spend a week with Rick. Rick yeah. would have loved it, oh, you know? loved it, yeah. A couple of artists. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you definitely picked up an artistic, you know, yeah. You, you you had artistic tendencies to begin with and obviously like a craftsman. You're a craftsman like he was, just in furniture. You know, I feel like that too. Yeah, like it just furniture is my widget. Any right. of that time that you would have spent focusing on doing silversmith or silversmithing mm -hmm. would have been time taken away from how far you've gotten your craft now. That's true. And it would have also not given it wouldn't have been the level of silversmith that you were expecting it to be because oh, you're looking at his like, well, well see, I need to get mine there. Well, he spent a lifetime doing it yeah. just like you're spending. Well, it was really nice yep. to have a walk across the yard and order what I wanted. Hey, I'm gonna, hey Rick, I need, I'm going to need some conchos. 
because I think they look good on this couch, and I need them tomorrow. For sure, yeah, he that's would. different. <laughs> he would shut down and make like he would shut down and make the conchos or the you know um, there was a painting couch one time that I thought bleed knots would look really cool on, and so I came over and I pitched the idea to him. I was like, come on, you know, like, and I I was like, but I'm done with it, so I need you, to, you know, I need it tomorrow. He did. He shut down, and me and him, uh, I sat over here and just visited with him, you know, and he made those those conchos for me. Man, he would shut down and cut out sterling silver and engrave scrolls in it to nail it <laughs> to a one by four sword that we had made for Slevin in the shop. Like I was like, Hey man, you want a sword? I'll make you a sword. So I'm over there like working on it with Sanders. So it looks like Link's sword out of Zelda, you know? And then, you know, 30 minutes later, it's got uh, sterling silver engraving on the, on the handle. And you know what really sucks is like Slevin wanted a sword for a long time. And so I made him like a, like I got found a stake and I, you know, cut it sharp <laughs> And I put a cross on it and just nailed it, and he. I finally made him a sword, you know. And then Jeremy just comes home and is like, "That's not gonna work," and just one ups me. And my sword is just in the dirt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but I wouldn't have one upped you if you wouldn't have started." Yeah, this. I am just a girl. So, <laughs> well, let's not act like Jeremy's not the brains behind this whole. I don't know compound. He's a leader for sure. Hang on, hang on now. That puts a lot of blame on me when it goes south, or if it goes south. So well, you y'all also be get careful lot, there. You also get a lot of credit for how north it's going. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, we're sitting in Rick's shop, which is connected to Rick's house, which Jeremy built. But he didn't stop there. He built a guest house connected to it with a dog run between the two. Which he lived in. Why? Why is him? What about me and these kids he had to have? (laughs) So, Carly and Jeremy have these kids, and kid at that point, but yeah. Of course, his in-laws are so incredibly grateful that their son-in-law built them a house with his house with his construction company. No. Hang on. Well, and now you have these. no construction company. They were my first house. Yeah. Now, so who trusts okay. their son-in-law to build them a house? Don't downplay this. <laughs> Follow me blindly, please. Don't downplay this. You built this bad-to-the-bone house, and now all of a sudden you've got these built-in babysitters. Yeah, no, that was, a, well, see, that wasn't just like, a, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that worked out. See, what happened was, is whenever Jeremy started asking for kids, I was like, uh. I don't know nothing about having kids, you know, and my mom who does know something about having kids is six hours away. And so we, we put together a plan to move them over and, uh, rest his soul. (laughs) I sure gained an awesome (laughs) baby. you know, I see, I see why Rick was the way he was like, my mom is an enabler. Like she just nurtures us and takes care of us. And this, she is the, she doesn't realize it. Creating monsters. <laughs> she, well, she's the backbone to this whole thing that we've got going here, you know. So, creating monsters for sure. Man, but you get those people around you that like, like I don't know. It's something about like, it's common in our culture. I feel like for everyone to feel like they have to stand on their own. So everyone's working twice as hard as they have to work, and cooking eight dinners in a family. When you, you can just have your mother-in-law cook one for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we have come on. Why has everybody not thought of this? Hey, look, everybody, you know, we Jeremy's all have just our... the house cat too, man. <laughs> oh, well, if, and if Jeremy leaves, she doesn't cook. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> you. Like if Jeremy is gone, I'm just like leftovers again. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, you know, and I'm like, 
well, we don't cook that because Jeremy doesn't like it. And I'm like, this freaking, <laughs> like. I think you make all this up when I'm gone. I'm 100% not making this it's up. It's like he's, he's, like, scheming. It's like everybody just treats him like he's a house cat and just. Scheming seems negative, y'all. It's just. Playing us is what it is. all the way through. Like, look, man. But how can anybody not like him? He's such a nice boy. You know, yeah. like, w- me and you are, are in the the prime producing years that that's in any in any past culture in any history that's the way it is like you're just you're in a, in a physical a stance age. you're at a working age yeah. right so you're in your shop working on your craft producing what you produce i'm working on producing what i produce my mom helps us all the time you know with all of the books and keeping everything straight and like it's just my right hand person you know, your mom completely runs our household, helps with our kids. We all live right here close. You know, we've got my dad involved in the mix. We've got partners. We've got everything going on. He's our neighbor, why, too. Why not, you know, everybody shining in their purpose, doing their yeah, thing? Yeah, Yaya's much better at momming than I am. <laughs> and, like, I really feel like God sent us Scarlet to get us through this. Like, my, like, my mom's, like, purpose is just to piddle around with Scarlet and take care of her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a, it's that's what she does. You know, and her occupies her time. So I don't know if that's true or not, and I don't know if that's like offensive to say, but yeah, but think I'm about thankful how, to have. Yeah, I mean, how much less? <laughs> of course, how, I'm thankful to have Scarlet. How, we can, how we can m- edit all that out, right? I don't want her to see this in however many years and be like, "What the? <laughs> Sorry." No, uh, how how much of that success is due to the fact that we know someone that is, you know cares just as much of our kids as we do is in that role right, or for sure. about our businesses is in that role right. or whatever we're doing, you know, cause I couldn't drop my kids off at daycare and go to work. And like, it is for some people, but like if I had the option to stay home with my kids, you know, comfortably or take them to daycare and go back to my shop, like I don't know that I could, I don't know. That's a hard, either way. I say that, but I don't not. spend all day every day. I'm sure if like, I didn't have my mom who does spend all, I would Barton kick him in the chest out at daycare as I drove by. Please, just give me some silence. <laughs> I mean, but right now I'm like, oh my God, I just want to be with my kids because I love them so much. But like, let my mom leave for a long weekend. And I'm like, what time will you be home? <laughs> yeah, after we just discussed the fact that she doesn't even cook when Jeremy's not here. We're not talking about you cooking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't cook when Jeremy's here. I'm like, okay, hot dogs and mac and cheese it is. You know, like, it's sad. That's the real motivation behind the furniture. Like, look, y'all, y'all, I gotta go. I gotta go make this money. Okay, you Cash watch money. these kids cook me dinner. I mean, I would, but you know, like it's this income. All right, see you later. Have a good day. Oh, God. It's so awesome. Like it, it's we it's, have a we have a good thing going. You know, like it was a huge disruption. Rick dying. Like that was a huge inconvenience. <laughs> you, you thanks a lot. Inconvenient at the time, but it really worked out. <laughs> Man, you got to know. <laughs> JK. Uh, morbid humor. <laughs> morbid humor. He would think it's funny. It's what you have. Because <laughs> that's what I, was, I told mom one day. I was like, you know, like, it really worked out for the best. Because I know I would have never gotten him to take his shoes off at my house. And it would have been like, Rick won't take his shoes off. This is going to live forever. By the way, by the way. I, I told Jeremy, like, I'm, I'm an OG friend that gets permission to wear my shoes in occasionally if they're not dirty no, for sure because <laughs> i was friends with y'all when y'all used to let the dogs sleep yeah. in the bed with <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> no lie. All of a sudden, y'all got all fancy oh, and uppity on us. No, it's not all of a sudden. There is a picture of Jeremy laying in bed with a Bruce, the German Shepherd, yeah. Minion, uh, the, yeah. the, the, Minion, the Golden Retriever, all and Bailey the Bass Animal, Bailey. all in our bed. Oh, I remember. Cat. And Foster the Cat, okay? All in our bed. I remember. I'm that was the day before I went to picture. the hospital to have Slovin. Yes. The day I brought that baby home and there was dog hair in my house, to the door. <laughs> like, They've you know. all been out. Like, I can't believe they even. Like, I went from a dog mom to a real mom real quick. You know, like, out yeah. you go, mutts. <laughs> Not to be offensive to all the pet moms out there, but. Dude, well, be... you know, and when I when these kids go on about their business, you know, and graduate, I will be a dog mom no. again. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to go back You're to that. Yeah, back. I know. No, I'll just keep taking my shoes off. Well, of the see, door. the thing is, is like here, my now I have them in my shop all day, every day, tripping over them, smelling of them. Yeah. I don't know. I get mad at, I get mad at animals sometimes. So we're just going to meander through this. Like, what do we want to talk about? You got any questions for old, your old pal Carly? If if you need some business advice, like I'm I'm here for you, bud. No, yeah, I mean, I don't really ever make a plan for these. Really? Yeah. I would have to have like some kind of structure. We see that. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it? I'm Tell me what it is. I'm finding that out. <laughs> well, do you ever like listen to a podcast and you're like, okay, what are we gonna talk about? That's how I feel. Like, and I want I don't want people to feel like that when they're listening to me. We're not also tired. So, um, content go, good content. I mean, I don't know, dude. You were ahead of the content game before we ever even knew what content was. Way before. And what I think that's so freaking cool. Like My when we didn't goodness. understand what you were doing. We, no one understood anything about what was going on. It's it's extremely obvious now. Right. Okay. So we're all gonna pretend <laughs> Those like Those one million followers yeah, make oh, it yeah. obvious. Yeah. Of course that I was mean, his thing. Of course he was making it. But like I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I <laughs> he took heard my that. idea. Yeah. But I mean, like you, no, you had like, a, you were an influencer before. Like well, you were working was, towards being an influencer before it, an influencer was a. It was specific too. Like, I'm going to make these videos. My favorite video you ever made, though, was when y'all tased uh, when Donnie. Leroy was the cop. Swat. <laughs> and y'all tased me. Got, and it was at the old, it was at the Sugar Shack. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. one. Oh, yeah. That yeah. wasn't Donnie. Yeah. Sugar Shack was way before Donnie. Yeah. 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 That was me and Leroy and Randy. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> and he, <laughs> 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 he goes over. <laughs> that was my favorite video. <laughs> oh, she's so funny. Oh, man. Was, yeah, but no. Rodeo Goods. Yeah, yeah there Rodeo, was Rodeo Goods. goods. Yeah. Rodeo Goods was first. Used the Dale was going to be. Uh, um, to market Rodeo Goods. Yeah. And then then it was going to be Second Amendment camo. Yep. yep. Out of so guns. Out of nobody guns. Nobody knows that. Really? I've Nobody not, knows I don't that. think I've ever talked about that on a you podcast. Nobody here the Lincolns know that. Yeah, I know that's right. But yeah. uh Second Amendment camo, I remember that. You even got it printed up. Yeah. Well, see, I was trying to get it trademarked. And so I was working an auction. <clears throat> Somebody had told me we had already been making videos, but I had no apparel for Dale. And I was going, I went to my granddad's auction. He always has a New Year's Day sale. And uh, he, he would sell furniture throughout the year, but his New Year's Day sale was the big one. I would show up during the summer, work a few sales. And uh, this is just kind of what inspired. This is way back. And it's kind of a story to it. But anyway, so 
my granddad, when he would work these, when he would have these estate sales, and then especially during the New Year's Day sale where there'd be a lot of people come, he'd have cars, guns, saddles, furniture. Uh, he would save furniture all year, like fancy stuff. Like this stuff would be in this New Year's Day sale. It wouldn't be in the normal sale throughout the year where you could just get a used couch. Um, Janky used couches. Ugh. So, <laughs> well, th- he would hire two kinds of people. There'd be ring men there that could maybe moonlight as a backup auctioneer when he needed a break. They would have on blazers. They would be like uh, Spanky Asseter is one. I grew up around him. If you, you watch, you ever watch the Speed Channel when they sell those fancy cars? Mm-hmm. He was like the like first Nicole, one. Nichols, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the first one to be that, to be an auctioneer for those. And uh, he's he, my granddad was like his mentor at one time. Spanky? Spanky, Spanky Johnson? <laughs> Not Spanky Johnson. Spanky Asseter. Anyway, okay. I grew up around him. In the auctioneer world, he's like, you know, he's got a brand. He's you know, like man. my granddad did. Well, anyways, those kind of guys would have the blazers on. Then the kind of guys that would bring the furniture up wore polo shirts and those were halfway house guys and they get paid cash at the end of the day yeah <laughs> great guys collar on the shirt though but polos that's who i threw in with so when i would go to these chet would just like sit in the stands and eat popcorn well i'm <laughs> gonna go ahead and work i'm here it's my granddad's like i'm not i just i don't want to sit around maybe he pays me maybe he doesn't i don't care yeah I just help my granddad. He's the reason I'm on this earth, you know. So, anyway, so I jump in with the guys, with the halfway house guys who I know and have worked with, you know, weekends over the summer. I don't know the ring men and blazers. Yeah. You know, they just came in for the New Year's Day sale. I know the halfway house guys. So, anyways, whatever. The setup has been done. So, I'm sitting there and I'm bringing up a lamp and I got on a polo and there's this guy there. I don't think he really knew who I was. Not that it mattered. Not that I want to be treated different, but right. I think he might've thought I was one of the halfway house guys. <laughs> I kind of look like that, you know, <laughs> which is cool. Honest I, mistake, man. <laughs> I'd rather be thought, I'd rather be thought as one of, you know, yeah. I love to be, you know, I'd love throw, to be a halfway th- house guy. Well, throw me in with them, you know, yeah. because then I know your expectations <laughs> will be <through. laughs> I can probably I can ride this one. <laughs> no, I got this, yeah. <laughs> I love to be underestimated. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, his name is Chip. And man, did he boss me around like he thought <laughs> I was his redheaded stepchild or like his halfway house minion yeah. for the day. And I was... I was getting pissed at Chip. And ain't that something? How somebody will treat you? Dude, it was crazy. Do I don't. Well? I don't know what it was. By the end of the day, I ain't even acknowledging that Chip is standing there. Like I'm. I'm like That's looking through him chip. like he's oxygen. Like I'm done with Chip. You know, like <laughs> dude, I'm not even getting paid to be here. Okay, like anyway. Um, but that, <laughs> you see that, how different this polo shirt is? It's a different <laughs> color, Chip. <laughs> so I was like, what? And, and it, dude, it, it bothered me. I, and I was like, what can I do to where I never have to work for a chip? Mm. And that was the point. It was a very sick. I remember the moment and I was, and at the time, um, I had just started duck hunting and, uh, Phil Robertson was under fire for his beliefs. Like he was getting hammered and it caused me to buy everything duck commander. That emotion stirred up. And I was like, and D. Whit Forrest, you know, the judge, mm-hmm. the PRCA judge, yep. he had told me when I was a kid at one of them Sankey schools, he was like, you want to get rich, you need to be in sales. Yeah. B. 
because anybody that ever got rich, like rich, rich, yeah. got did it through sales. Well, I don't really want to be rich, but well, you I figured. Control your, your but I want to. Yeah, yeah right. I want to pay my bills. You don't want to have to depend on somebody else. And if you, you can know. sell something, then you ain't gonna be hungry. Yes. You know, like the rich part, whatever. I don't need an island, but I would like to pay my bills and not have a boss named Chip. Yep. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what can I sell that would stir emotion? like Phil Robertson and Duck Commander did for me. And um, I was like, camo with guns in it. <laughs> Second Amendment well, camo. Well, Dale, yeah. Well, Dale, yeah. And, the answer uh, is always more guns. <laughs> so so I went, went, went back to Texas. College Station, <laughs> and I Googled graphic design, and Drift Creative popped up, and they made a bad-to-the-bone camo pattern for me. All kinds, like a duck camo, all kinds of stuff. Cool, a logo. Well, then, like, of course, you go to get it trademarked. There's a lot of things out there with Second Amendment in it. <laughs> and Peyton's, like, head is spinning. He just, you know, my college roommate was Peyton Holt. And so now, all of a sudden, he's my lawyer. This is, like, his first thing. He's trademarking this for me. His head is spinning. <laughs> and he's having trouble. And I, and, so I went back to these graphic designers. I was like, why my lawyer's trying to figure this out? Can you make, and Dale was going to promote. Right. Right. I was going to do the, I was going to be the, the, um, the mascot. Yeah. And all of us are like, for the oh, camera. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was already making videos. They didn't really have anything to do with hunting. They were rodeoing and ranching videos because that's what I'm passionate about. Anyways, I was like, but for some reason, my mind didn't go there. It went over here to this camo thing. I like hunting, but if I got to pick between a rodeo and a hunt, you know what I mean? Or at least one of those lifestyles, I'm going with rodeo. So anyway, I went back to the graphic designers. I was like, my lawyer's trying to get this figured out. Can you draw up some designs for rodeo time? And uh, they were like, we love this. We will do this for free if we have to. Wow. And I was like, Good deal, because I don't have much money, because I spent it all on second. And I remember the we got the original, the first uh, riding bulls and punching bulls, and the other um, what was the other one was rodeo rodeo time, time and old sun. Yeah, and I remember uh, taking a picture or texting you like, hey, can we wear these in public yet? Like, can we yeah. wear these yet? And there's a picture wow. of us. We were going out on date night. We're both wearing our Dale shirts. Yeah. You know. Remember uh, when you had the the graphic designer sending you the the proofs or whatever to look at that's what you showed us we were in the um uh, at the ranch at the the main house that your mom and dad yeah. lived in we were in the kitchen and you're showing yeah. us those yeah and we're like what is he doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's go back outside <laughs> so then yeah so then i just went down went that direction and uh so that was where the apparel got started which we had already been making videos and what i realized is that the marketing and the branding came long before the product. Yeah. Yeah. And so like we had been setting up for this product to be successful. Now like it's just not a good person. marketing idea. It's what everyone understands that they have to do, you know, like, but it was so much farther. It, that's why I mean, oh, yeah. it seems so much easier, but it's so much farther. It was so much earlier than everyone really wants to give it credit for that. It, it was a, it was out there on its own, you know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't know that that was going to work. You know, there yeah. wasn't no any guarantee on, on being. I know, but I think of the same, like, I think, like, um, and I've in different, their, their own respective ways, but Cody's like that, too. 
Yeah. Like, the, the, like just like his instinctive decisions that he makes. He's a leader and he's a, like, he's just. We were just climbing. too dumb to quit. Huh? No, uh, you're the, just. <laughs> the decision to, like, okay, so Second Amendment, or, uh, Second Amendment camo. Yeah. That is something that's like, that, that's, this is a good idea. This is a good right. brand. Everything works. You know, it's like, but there isn't, you just mentioned it. There's not near as much passion behind that. Yeah. But it's a real opportunity. It could really work. You know, so those distractions come up all the time, you know. And after a while, after you feel like what it feels like to spend time down that and then feel like what it feels like spending time down something that you really care about and how much easier and more successful that is, then they start showing up a little bit easier as distractions. You know, like I had a conversation this morning that this is something I really believe in with y'all. This is something that, that I want to be behind, but it's not necessarily something that I have the capacity to do right now, you know? And did you scratch our Airbnb deal? No, I didn't scratch. Oh my goodness. You calm down. Cut. Just calm down. (laughs) We have to talk (laughs) off camera. (laughs) You just calm down. Anyway. Um, but like your furniture is like that, and you you're probably the most skilled person that I've ever spent much time around in that regard. That you have this path that you're on, and these distractions don't come at you as much. I'm looking for a distraction okay, so every this day. This is our business path. Like this is me. Okay, you know, going. This is Jeremy. Ding, 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 trying ding, some ding, stuff out. I may <laughs> have to work four That's times right. harder. Yeah, but he does. You know, Sorry. but it's it's. He just, and it's just different people, well, you know? I think, and what we did and what happened was Keith Money with American Hats told me early on, it was like, you pour water on a table and then you see where it goes. Yeah. And then that's where you go. And, you know, we poured, I poured water on a table and it didn't go in the direction of Second Amendment Camel. It if you went might. in the direction of rodeo time. And so yeah. that's where I went. Yeah. And, me being passionate about it, all those things came. But like I said, the the marketing was there, the branding was there long before the product, and then the product came. And I think that helped us get well, wins early and organically and naturally. And authentic, and that's what authenticity, authentic, yeah, because I was passionate about that's it. That's what it evolved to, you know. And there's nothing morally wrong with the opposite. Like if somebody, like I know somebody right now, they they want to create a brand and make money. That's okay. I'm a it's just I'm different, all for it's capitalism. different strokes for different folks. But you, know? you like, gotta, but you gotta know the 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 work. For, I just <clears throat> just because you want to start something and you get get a good website and it's a good idea on paper and you get a decent product, that doesn't mean that people are gonna care. You know, like you've got to give people and a you've reason. You've got to care enough about it to make it spectacular enough. To make it easy for people to care about, yeah. you know? You've also got to just, like, you don't have to, but it's so much easier when it's something that you want to do. Right. right. You know, it's that, that I want to do this whether I'm getting paid to do it or not. That's it. That's exactly That's it. right. And I would we, do it for free. Yes. That's exactly right. And, I mean, we're blessed, all of us, all three of us are blessed in the fact that we get to do something we love to do day in and day out. Yep. And we would do it for free. Dude, and we get you, to make a living. Like, you're, you're, you're really talented with, the with with building i mean you can do all the different stages of building the house you know and that is something that i i can i i can sense the fulfillment you might get when that product project is finished 
but I think that the, the you know, thing he's that more like stands he's out is like you're going to be you're able to do all the business stuff yes. better than your average contractor. And that's the hard part. And like that's the, the business, part, that, and it that's, pays it's better. The not, right, and it is. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so far and few in between, you know? And, um, like, that's the thing. Like, the, the, the making, I don't know about making videos, but, like, the making the furniture, that's fun. The building, that's fun, you know? Yeah, the all them guys what, at the half, halfway house, they can also hang sheetrock. Right. right. Anybody can do that. Right. No offense to them. Right. But, like, anybody can hang right. sheetrock. And, and how can you figure out what it is that the person needs the most and how you can help them with that instead of just showing up to, to hang sheetrock. And so those people that really value that are willing to pay you and willing to, to be loyal to your brand because you're solving something a little deeper well, than... Well, you're, value, you're, you're providing value to them too. You know, like you're providing value to them and, and with your product, with your videos, with showing up, you know, and... Um, They'll, they'll, they'll be loyal to you, you know, and, yeah. and if you take care of them, they'll take care of you. And yeah. I suppose. No, a hundred percent. That's, it's a value exchange for sure. And yeah, the, the moment that I get out of touch with the moment, it's more about me than it is them. Then that'll be the beginning of the end, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and some people may see, you know, if you follow me the week before black Friday starts, and you give me 10 days and it's the one time a year where I actually try to sell something, you might think that that value exchange is lopsided. But if you follow me all year, you give me 90 days, I think you'll find that like, I leave a lot on the table as far as sales, you know, because out of a hundred posts, you might find three of them where I say dalebrisby.com. Right. Well, them other 97, like, I, I don't know. I just, I think. Well, the thing is you still have to ask people to it, buy yeah. your stuff. I got to, these three guys that are with me, they're on payroll. Right. And they're right. getting, like right now at this moment, they're getting paid. I can't help you with the service that I said I was going to if I can't fund the core right. vital function of Right. If of I don't have business. electricity in my shop, see, yeah. <laughs> my air compressor won't run. Yeah. yeah. Your oxygen but, mask on first. But the everyday person, I think, understands that. So your grandpa in Lubbock. With the furniture, is that your dad's mom? Um, yeah, your dad's mom. Or That's that, Amarillo. I meant yeah. your um your mom's mom. He's a mom? businessman. He's the oh, entrepreneur. Mom. I'm stumbling through this. <laughs> the furniture in. Yep. Is that Amarillo. your mom's father? Dad. Yes. What I was trying to stumble Bob, through. Bob Gorey. Thank you. <laughs> so anyhow, yeah. that's your. Yeah. yeah. My mom's dad. Yeah. yeah. He was an entrepreneur. That's where the the entrepreneur type vibe came from. Your mom is the one that forced me into business. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, I'm yeah, sure yeah, I you've have told, me told that. you. Yeah, my granddad was, but he, he didn't finish high school. He got his GED, and he was, like, old school and, like, adamant about everybody going to college and all that. Too adamant, in my opinion. It's a different generation. Well, it's a different generation. Well, like, yeah. we were sitting there watching an A&M game one day, and he was, like, they were talking about somebody <coughs> declaring for the draft their junior year. And uh, he was, like, man, I wish I'd, I'd sure like to see them finish college. I said, to do what, Papa? <laughs> to do. So I can make a good living. <laughs> to do what? <laughs> like, I got there quick. Like, yeah. I was, like, almost mad about it. I was like, to do what? And he's like, yeah, I see your point, you know. And I get where he's coming from. That doesn't apply to everybody. This guy's going to make millions, you know. Yeah. But, like, but that's that That's that generation, yeah. like. I mean, that was like, us, too. Like, hey, like, like, my dad, like, he struggled to, you know, he's. He was an entrepreneur, you know, he was, you know, had his, owned his own business, but, uh, 
my whole life it was you're going to go to school and get an education so you can have a good job, you know, so you don't have to struggle like I do. <laughs> but I want to go do what I love. Yeah, but you'll always have this to fall back on. Why am I focusing so much on a fallback strategy <laughs> instead of what I'm actually but, wanting to but go see, do? But see, the thing is, like, we can ridicule them. Not ridicule them, but be like, oh, man, I can't believe they think like that. That iPhone in our hand has changed everything that there is about <laughs> running a business. Like, I remember when you were selling caps, I was like, dang, you take such good pictures and you're like portrait mode. I was like, portrait <laughs> mode? What is that? You know? And so it makes it so easy to run a business because of the technology that's available to us. You know, yeah. like I, I do every, you know, aspect of my business right there in my shop from marketing to shipping to actually the physically building stuff, you know, because I have my computer and my iPhone in my hand, you know? Well, so I it's, think it's another, a time. another part of that generation is you know like not everybody's going to be successful at starting a business yeah and i'm not saying that i am like life is fragile i'm not saying that i'm bulletproof by any means but but like i think a lot of the you know old timers the family the grandparents the parents they're scared of somebody failing yeah well what's a lot safer than being a entrepreneur is being a cpa you know, being yeah. a CPA and you get, you know, 48000 a year and health benefits. And that's what you get. And that's what you get. That's what you get. Which is fine for a lot of people and a lot of people. And we need CPAs and we need lawyers and we need doctors and that's fine. Yeah. You know, but like there's some of us may not want to do that. Yeah, but take on that my, risk. My, in, in his defense, my reason for wanting to be an entrepreneur was so I could rodeo. Right. And have Free. the freedom to rodeo. Right. And, um. Now, I, I mean, so it's like you, you, you want to go be an entrepreneur so that you can do this super dangerous sport, right. you know, because he, he was, he was a businessman. He wasn't a cowboy, you know, my dad and my dad's side of the family was like, oh yeah, that sounds yeah. like the normal. I mean, we saw this coming, but <laughs> he was like, he was like, so anyhow, that was the friction. That was the rub yeah. there. But he was like, I was worried about this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah no, it's the freedom of being able like that's that's success like i'll say i'm successful because i get to keep take my kid to school every morning whether my boss tells me i can't or not yeah you, you got to call me your boss so you can just call me wife <laughs> <laughs> i know that's right yeah. you know that is funny you know uh Everybody that people that don't know us probably think I run the choo choo train. I remember Sterling and Jacobs being like super defensive around me when they first got on, like, <sighs> like taking care of Jeremy. Well, then they got to be around him and realize that, you know, he does need a caregiver. But Jeremy absolutely <laughs> leads this whole family. You know, that was his uh, vision board word for 22 was lead. And he's done it. Like every ounce of success I've had or business wise. <laughs> He's drugged me into kicking well, and screaming. What he's best at is making his idea your idea. Oh, that's so obnoxious. <laughs> I, but see, the problem is, is I'm aware of it at this point. And so I fight it for as long Stop as it. I can. Stop it. Don't try to. Right. And But he finally, and I'm like, oh, and he's like, oh, you are hard. I'm like, Dude. you're trying to manipulate me. Yeah. No, I'm being kind and I'm making suggestions. Manipulation. <laughs> smudge and arrogant. <laughs> and, and there's the smudge. And there's the smudgeness. <laughs> and there's the smudgeness. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, no. Um, anyhow, so yeah, twenty twenty two. Here we are, nine years later. Nine years from that, what? The first video. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary, man! It was July first, twenty thirteen. Was the first video. Wow. Yeah. 
have the memory of something that has very good memory. And timestamps. I got a few timestamps. <laughs> Some of them are important. Some of them I can't remember. I mean, like. I don't. Is there anything you're good at remembering? Because no. I know it ain't bucking horses, Jeremy. Nothing. There's nothing that he's good at remembering. Man, There's you got to make room for those new ideas. <laughs> he just stumbles through life with his head in his ass and comes out smelling like roses. Jake, uh, Jacobs, <laughs> Jacobs with bucking horses. Jake Brown with bareback horses. Jake Brown with everything, and then Rostocki with bulls. Uh, JB's pretty good with bulls. Like, there's certain people that just it's like they remember. They remember the gender, the color, the brand, the name, the rain, everything. This, however, is not one of those guys. Oh, yeah. He doesn't remember. He, he forgot me at a gas station on the way to a rodeo. He's telling me a <laughs> Okay, <laughs> he forgot me. He forgot it when we got to the rodeo. He forgot his Bronx saddle at the rodeo, and we came on home. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. Yeah, he it. went to. It's because you're so dang laid back. He flew to California without his Bronx saddle. Like, all right, I got my, I got my purse. I'm ready to go to the rodeo. Like, <laughs> so we we go in the gas station, and I we, she she goes and grabs something to eat. I'm putting diesel in the ambulance. Okay, so I jump in. Well, it had the pass through where you could walk to the back, right? <laughs> so she's sitting in the passenger seat with the food, right? Where I'm visible. Like, <laughs> I'm talking to her. The, I hear the diesel pump click. So I jump out to hang the diesel pump up. I hang it up. I jump back in. She's not there. She has stepped in the and back. And he, he didn't think to himself, I wonder where my wife is. You, I, he just like, hmm, all right. Putting gear. <laughs> Got on the interstate. So, okay, so we let's let's flash from, okay, jump in. She's not there. About, that's about the time I came walking out of the store. <laughs> and I see the ambulance pull into the road. And I'm like, what the is he doing? <laughs> Turn. I'm like, no way. I watch him. Going overpass, I'm like, this freaking idiot. And then turn left to go on 45, and I was like, there he goes, there he goes. And I didn't have a purse, I didn't have anything, you know. And so I went inside and I asked the the guys, like, came in, can I use your phone? He was like, and I was like, my husband just left me here. He forgot me at the gas station. He's like, oh okay. And so I call him like, boop boop boop, and he's like, hello. And I said, do you know where I am? He's like, oh, oh, okay, I'll be right back. And I was just like, but I had to take the next exit and come back to where that exit was. (laughs) So it took me a minute to get back, (laughs) right? So before we even got to Mesquite, to the rodeo, uh, Rick had gotten the story. He had gotten to J.P. Rankin, the the cartoon cowboy. He had done a caricature of Carly standing under the Valero sign holding the food with the... With the ambulance oh. driving down the road with cowboy hats out the window, and it's hanging on the wall behind us because that's where Rick would hang, like the artwork. I those forgot characters. about that. That's yeah. hilarious. So that all happened before the night was up, and and you know with all and that going on, I wasn't even on, mad at him. He was just like, I I opened the door and he's like this. He's got this cheese, <laughs> and I just got him closed the door. I was like, you're such an idiot. We had, <laughs> I mean, like I get in, minions all happy to see me, right? Coming from the back, I'm like, oh, well, she's back there. No. Minions just don't check or anything. Looking for food since she stepped out with it. <laughs> man. Oh man. Now I told him our, uh, we were on podcast earlier, and I told him the story. So this about is the sh- second podcast that you've done today. It's my third one kind today. Of a big deal. So why are we still talking about you? Oh well. Let's talk about um, me some. What would you like to know? What would my audience like to know? Uh, how long have you? When did you make your first piece of furniture? Oh man, don't do that. Oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> No, actually, the very first chair I ever uh, upholstered was in 2012. I started by painting stuff. 
And then your mom. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but if you're going to be uh, like, I feel like I'm a, a, I don't know what to call myself, an upholster in the Western industry. Like, what cooler story is it that my very first customer was Dale Brisby's mom? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> Man. So you got you can't forget I'm friends with Sterling Crawley, so we like to beat dead horses like, for six or seven months. Sixty seven months. <laughs> oh man. Oh. After this podcast comes out, he's gonna say it's six two seven months. <laughs> Dean is not happy about that joke that just happened. Dean's <laughs> having twins, you saw that, yeah? No. Twins. Yeah. Two two more babies. Good for him. We need more Deeny Weenie String bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> I could have went in the nickname conversation. Right? Oh, uh, boy, that's funny. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know, 2012. 11 years. My, how long has it been? 10 years. I'm, I'm already in 2023 because I finally got all my registration on my trailers. Hey, did you bring me that seat? Jeremy said you're going to or going to get the first gen. Oh, no, I haven't. But Make this registration thing, this registration thing. So, like, I'm like, I bought these cargo trailers from my granddad. And uh, he just kind of has the titles all mixed up because he owned them all. There was, like, 12. He would go get in us. He would go pick up some furniture at an estate. He would leave it in the trailer till it was time to sell it. So it was, like, a storage unit for him. So he'd like, he had, like, a dozen of these cargo trailers. So when I went to buy some from him to take to the booths, he would just send me with one and then, but the titles were all mixed up. Anyways, well, then that goes and dies. <laughs> Some people can be so inconsiderate. So inconsiderate. And so I got one of his trailers with no title. Does it have all that furniture in it still? No, no, no. <clears throat> and um, it, in his defense, I had the title for the other one. I just didn't get it registered. Anyways, these both these trailers are like seven, eight years out of... 78 years out, <laughs> out of registration. Took them to Vegas last year. Got yeah. pulled over. I didn't get pulled over because of no registration. Got pulled over because I also didn't have trailer lights driving through Vegas in the middle of the night. So People, you have, people it, have lights on trailers? Yeah, well, yeah what are thing. those things? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. Outlaw trucking. Hashtag. And uh, so anyways, they're just like, they don't know what to do with me. They're like, just finish your trip sir how did you make it from texas here like they didn't want to park a cargo trailer on the side of the interstate in las vegas in the middle of the night so they're like here's a ticket but we're not gonna make you park please quit being an idiot so anyways i'm like i'm gonna get these tags fixed. so i go up to the courthouse and i'm like all right listen because <laughs> this story is crazy i don't know if y'all but like so my granddad passes away my grandmother is like She's got it all together, like, on paper. Maybe somebody might say she's losing it. I think she's got it together. But, like, finding these titles for this trailer that ain't been at her property for a dozen, you know, for a long time is not going to be – it's going to be hard. But Kent is there, my granddad's right-hand man, and still working for my grandmother. Everything's hunky-dory. And Kent's about to – he's about to quit, but I can still call him. So – he retire per se so his last day is on a friday this is like two months ago and i, I gotta get these i got it but kent's there i'll get them at some point you know 
So Kent's last day is on a on a on a Friday. Kent gets a call Saturday morning, and because the cops park next to my nana's office and watch cars go by, well they notice there's a dang hole in the wall. Somebody broke in and ransacked her office. Yep, threw a hole in the wall. Right, like blew a hole <laughs> in the wall, like it's a cartoon. I don't know how they like you dug out a hole. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like there's a hole in the wall. Okay. And these cops are like, Kent, you got to get up here. Something's going on. You know, so we go in. Sure enough, they've ransacked the place. Everything's everywhere. Dang, it's going to be hard to find these titles. <laughs> Always thinking of others. My sister's there too. Uh, my sister, Chet, my nana, and I think my nana's preacher was there for some reason. And then Kent. Kent goes around the corner of the building. My sister's kind of off over to the side. She hears a thump. Goes around the corner. Kent had a heart attack. Gives him you can't C- catch a break, man. Gives him CPR. CPR gets Dancing keeps him kind of his pulse going till the ambulance gets there. Doesn't make oh. it. We lost Kent. So that's like a the super sad. Yes. Yeah, go man. That's rough. It's crazy. It's crazy. I've been knowing this guy my whole life. Anyways, Dancy's giving him mouth to mouth and almost my they almost goodness. <coughs> I never like, heard this. It was his, it was his time. Well, it just happened. Oh. Two months ago. This was recently. Yeah. Oh. Man, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it was, not funny yet. I shouldn't be making jokes. No, it's not. Sorry, I mean man. like the side story of the 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 app, you know, like the title and the registration. Yeah, that part's I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't Silly, know but all this part happening. This is the first time I'm saying it out loud, oh. so I'm not trying to tell this as a joke. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, to be honest, like you I haven't talked about maybe this. Like, maybe I should have worked like, through hey, it. This is but fun. like, Kent's the man. I love Kent. He knows how I feel about him. We've he heard knows. You talk about Kent. I'm not making fun of Kent, but um, yeah. So, anyways, my sister's the right there that giving DMV him CPR. Remember, uh, believe you. Giving him CPR. She almost saves him, and then, but like. So, like, it was his day because she, somebody's right there. Like, yeah. it was maybe, like, nine seconds before somebody's on his chest, you know. Yeah, and uh <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, so I go to the DMV. I'm like, all right, listen. Because <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother, my grandmother, she's like, I don't know, you know. <laughs> it's like the last remaining person that could help me just kick the bucket <laughs> Right. Like, You're just not meant to have those titles. So, but I was like, it's September. I need them before December. Anyhow, I think we got it worked out. But I'm like, I'm trying to do my best not to be an outlaw trucker out here. But all these people keep dying. <laughs> <laughs> I get this dang trailer. These trailers fixed. Anyway. But I I did have, so, bef- but to get them registered, you got to go to get them uh, inspected. inspected. So, so I none of mine are registered. I went to get them inspected, and my man Jay, my main man Jay, yeah, it's my last day here. I was like, oh, be careful tomorrow, Jay. <laughs> so, Jay helped me out. Jay hooked me up on the inspection. So, hey, why do you say his name? You could throw him on. Oh, I guess he don't work there no more. It's his oh, first you think his real name is Jay? It's a lit. You think I didn't think of that? You think his first? You think his real name is yeah. Jay? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I'm not a criminal, so I don't know how to how these things I know, work. Just because like, <laughs> just because I wore the polo, I work at the half head, halfway house. Yeah, I'll check it. There ain't nobody named Jay. Oh. Hardly. <laughs> anyway, 
Andy well, don't work Jay. there no more. What do you think? You, you know lost his job? Jay you don't know, care. You know who you are, though, Jay. Let people slide under the radar. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, the trailer, that, I used to have an inspection guy. In too. my defense, the trailer is the it just it just wasn't with me. And it's Jay's last day, and I'm about to go to the DMV to meet Kay. <laughs> Kay hooked it up too. <laughs> yeah. Is Zed in here anywhere? Or is so he had the day off? You didn't Kay know. and Jay. It was a long day because I had to tell him that whole story I just told y'all. <laughs> it wasn't his last day. He was just trying to get you out. You would never believe what these people tell me just to get an inspection done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you just to keep from you telling me that story. I'll help you with this. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turns out my guy that does my inspections is also my therapist now. <laughs> yeah. To walk him through all these stories. <laughs> if you need any therapy, you are on the couch. Yeah. You're so. the first person that's ever sat on that couch. I haven't even ever sat on that couch. Well, it's an honor. I just sit out on a scoochy chair in front of it and look at it. It just makes me feel good all over. It's an honor. It's pretty cool, isn't it? it is yeah, it feels cool. good. Feels Does good. It? Is you it comfortable? Like, like if you were going to recommend it to somebody. Man, I would say this is a nice couch. So that has Dale's endorsement? Yeah. That's worth something. What's, something. what's the, is it uh, the Dave Chappelle deal where he's got the couch and he's doing that skit? He's like. Get my feet on this couch. No, but no. No, that ain't funny, no. man. Is it? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Where I'm in the house, but not on the couch. Oh, dang. I did kind of get my feet on the couch. That's my bad. That's okay. It, it's high That's quality. okay. Here at Desert Canary Design, we use top of the line uh, materials. Got a wipe right off, sir. Yeah. That is a cool couch. You, you know. I found that couch in the backyard uh, in San Antonio. Oh. It's living its best life, man. Well, it's living its best life now. Yeah. I messaged the guy. He brought it to Katie. Dropped it off at Charlie's house. Charlie brought it up here. Boom. Two years later. Had a girl. Had a girl. <laughs> yeah. How much you want for it? You know, that's a, that's what we're we've been talking about. This is like OBO. OBO. <laughs> oh, no. s- it's, it's for sale, <laughs> not, not on, on sale. sale. Or yeah, no, off. I don't know. What do you think, man? So listen, here's the deal. Like my standard cost for a couch. If you call me and say, "Hey, I got my grandma's couch. I want it redone." No price. numbers allowed on the podcast. Can we not man. say? No. I don't care. Can't She's do that. Why can't you say do? that? Just you want me to bleep out her number? Bleep it. You boring. should. It's boring. No. <laughs> you, you should. Anyhow, so just conversation-wise, and you can delete all this Ooh, or whatever. I don't know that it's boring, but it would be super interesting if you did bleep out the number and then we're talking about it so much, but nobody knows what the number is. That's funny. Yeah. Anyhow, so I know I could stick it out there for $8,500. No problem. Be gone. Could probably do just fine with 12. 15 makes me uncomfortable. Jeremy and Brandy want me to price it at 20. Dang. Right? That's what I said. But it's like, but on one hand, I don't care if it sells. By the hand, like, I make stuff to sell. Like, my child is going to get ketchup and Cheetos <laughs> in that fluff. <laughs> yeah. So what, like, that's crazy, huh? 20 seems crazy. Crazy. That's what I said. If, if but, Jeremy and Brandy were like furniture salesmen, it may not. Know, Why do you think 20? So, you if you're looking to price something, find your number. You know you can get $8,500 for it. Hey, if you need to eat, sell it for $8,500 tomorrow. But if it's, you have commissioned pieces all day, every day. The piece we're sitting on is commissioned piece. They're beautiful. You put a lot of thought into them. You match them. It's, it's a great service, I, right? Oh, I know. You but that's tell the me. first piece. Oh, how tell me more. <laughs> I know. Go on. Go how, on. <laughs> how long has it been since you made a piece that you wanted to make the way you wanted to make it? Forever. Yeah. Forever. I don't know, but like for real, this is the first piece I've made. Okay. So well, not first. It's second. But I'm saying I never have time. 
I don't know. Well, when we're talking about something, this is this is your design, and you touched every piece of it. So it doesn't matter how much you can sell. It doesn't matter how much you want to sell. You can only make so many things. Only so many handcrafted by Desert Canary Design pieces are going <laughs> to actually come out of that shop per year. So it's not as much about what you want to make or what, you know, or that there's that much value in the chair or isn't in the chair. Like if someone wants that piece and there's only eight of them going to be made that year or whatever the number is, right, that's the part of the art. That's the there. You can weigh that bronze out on that piece of art that your dad made, but that's not the point. You can go buy another piece of art that kind of looks similar to that to the rest of us from um, Cavenders for eighty dollars. A guy on a bronc, and they made thousands, if not you know tens of thousands of them. You know, but if that piece of art is out there in the world, it's it's not about. You know what the piece functional of art furniture is. It's about you know, the value that somebody's willing to give for. Right. Yeah. And so you you can put that number out there and find it, and it's okay that you don't sell it. You keep it in your collection. It's always right. available, but it's really not something that you need to sell. That really keep is it. one of the mo- like my most favorite pieces I've ever put together. And that's what he was saying. He's like, "Who cares if it didn't sell?" And I was like, "You know, that's actually a really valid point. When the kids move out, I'll bring <laughs> it to the house, and then it'll be vintage." Yeah, but- <laughs> What's the number that's high enough that it may not sell, but yeah. it might sell? I feel like twenty is that that number. But you know, <laughs> no, what? I'm, like, I'm thinking I, maybe you yeah, know because that might be might fifteen. Be the number that might be fifteen that it may not sell. Okay, but it's high enough that we would be excited. You know, you you. It I would, mean, there are people out there that would pay that. No problem. They love it. You know, but are they are they aware I exist? I want to go find those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do too. I'm looking for them. If you find them for me, call me. Uh, look at this T-shirt. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I'll buy it for you free if you want to buy this couch. It's only one like it. <laughs> I got a stain on it earlier. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, I mean, like, I made all the pillows for it. And, like, I'm that print. Like, that's that's a one-of-a-kind painting that, you know, Till Blake did for me. And Yeah, but you got, like, through the relationships with your dad well, and the Western artist world and all of that, you've are commissioned. Are we boring you, Mr. Brisby? You've commissioned Till Blake to do a painting and then turned that into a pillow and and no, I can't wait. I like there's a lot. I don't want to say we're splitting hairs between fifteen and twenty because that's five thousand hairs. But, but twenty thousand like, dollars is outrageous. But I'm just saying, like, you can make a point for either one. At least you're not you're not. I mean, at least you're not saying like thirty five hundred. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's just too many hours. It's too much art. It's too much. I mean, it's either fifteen or twenty. Well, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you, well, can't, pro- five. you can't produce something. That's kind of what I was quality. thinking. Like, just dip right down below it yeah. and just see what it does. Just let it yeah. sit there. If not, I don't know. But let me tell you, if that cou- if that couch sells for eighteen thousand dollars, y'all won't be able to stand me. It's okay to leave a little on the table. Like if you were to sell it for fifteen, and oh, be yeah. like, oh man, I could probably could have got seventeen five out of it. All right, well, that's okay. It's okay for fifteen. I can sheetrock my room that I want to build, you know? Yeah, like the, uh, the money, the price seriously does not matter. Like, it doesn't matter well, what the price is. Well, when you're balling like him, it don't matter, it's I guess. what you're getting for that. Does. Like, are, do you feel yeah, hey, good about what I'm you traded? I'm a polo, okay? <laughs> Came from the halfway house, all right? <laughs> price does he matter. He t-shirt. He sells merch. <laughs> oh, the merch guy. <laughs> it's about what you're getting for that price. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But it sounds like you're trying to pitch a home to me. No, 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 no. This is your home. Yeah. Forever. This is in a yeah. house. Yeah. He does that to me too, and it's obnoxious. You know what's really annoying is that, like, he'll come at me with an idea or a point or something, and I'll argue it back with him. And he will convince me 
his his perspective. I'm like, you know, okay, that makes sense. And then like a month later, he's like, oh no, I don't feel like that anymore. That was dumb. I'm like, I told you it was stupid, but I was stupid. For you. So he does that to me all the time too. Well, he's got to be careful with me because I'll remember it for At years. Hey, that's real conversations that we've had. He's like, I gotta be careful what I say to him because he remembers it forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, you told me in 2017. Yep. <laughs> If this worked with this, it's like, I would never worked with that. I was stupid in 2017. Yeah, I can't believe you listened to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Aren't we supposed to always get better? Been getting better for five years, and you're holding me to something I said in 2017? (laughs) Uh, Life advice. That's what we end these with. Life advice? Yeah, what life advice do you have? My life advice on this one is it's easier to do something that you would be willing to do for free for long enough to do it where you don't have to than it is to do something just because it seems like it's an opportunity. That's more of a business advice. It's the life I am in. (laughs) So let's hear your life advice. Sir. (laughs) Life advice is you better watch your tone. Yeah, stop nagging me. Yeah, that's (laughs) life advice. Watch your tone. I want to cut this thing. Cut. You're not in control. Um, Life advice. Man, like, I really think life advice, like, value and under and, and consciously appreciate the good relationships that you have. Because, mm. you know, you think about us, like, us three, Jacob, Sterling, Lauren. Ooh, now, who are you going to leave out? This, I know. This going to get long. I know. Right? But I'm just saying, like, our core little group, you know, like, we've, we've. I don't know, maintained those relationships. And it's, like, super important to us. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Man, I, and I don't know. Can we edit that out? No, <laughs> no. I'm with you. Like, no, I, 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 it's so like just relationships are important. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it never the most important. The most important. Yeah. Just and and appreciating them and celebrating the little wins along the way. Like stopping long enough to be like, man, I made it here. Like this is a goal. Like we, I had fifty something benches in my shop the other day, yeah. and to stop long enough to understand that like that is a victory. That is growth. That is production, you know, like I, I had six benches two years ago. Right. You know, and so just stopping long enough to appreciate the the victories and, and nurturing the relationships that make you a better person and being yeah. deliberate about who you surround yourself with. <laughs> I was blessed with, so blessed, years before my dad died with, the word premonition sounds weird, but I just think God, like, God blessed me with this intuition that my dad was going to die early. And I thought about it often for years before he died. What did you think when you got that, when they called you? Like like when, when they told you what had happened, like <coughs> and you'd had this, you'd had this well, uneasy feeling that something was going to happen anyway. What did you think? Well, feel? so he died on May 2nd. May first, that was the first year in a long time that we didn't go to Holotus right. together. Yeah, yeah. But I was going, I was going to Paris with Sammy to fight bulls that weekend for some reason, and because uh, I'd picked up Sammy's pro rodeos, but that was an Amy, and I just he just threw it in. He was like, "Hey, I need some." That's why I did it because Sammy asked me, "Hey, man." Anyway, but normally we go to Holotus every year. Anyhow. So May 1st was a Wednesday, and I was getting in that little car, and I was going north, and he was going south. And he was he had his pickup horses. And, uh, 
Yeah, I shook his hand. I can remember what his hand felt like better than I can remember what his face looked like. And, uh, yeah, we said, I remember what we said, but it's irrelevant. I got in the car <clears throat> and I drove, and that's the hardest I'd ever cried right then. That was the hardest I'd ever cried. I knew that was the last time I was going to see him. That's wild. Yeah, I cried so hard. I think I might have even, like, punched the dash or something. Yeah. And then uh, and then the next day, I was tying in a bareback horse, and uh, somebody asked me where Jacobs was. And I, I said, uh, he's in Helotus. And then my, my phone rang in my pocket. And I was like, oh, there's the redhead now. And wow. his voice was not. Yeah. You, you knew know. something. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. And I mean, I did, but I didn't. Well, well you, he I was mean, like, you, you, he was like, hey, uh. yeah. And then I said, I was on the phone with him. I said, Sammy, I got to go. And he said, okay. And they got somebody else to fight the rodeo and I drove 90. Well, and then Paris, that, Paris then the that day, that day was now the new day where I cried the hardest. Yeah. So. And it's just like this crazy, it's, it's a, it's a shock. But then, and then for all that whole drive down. So my dad, had, he had told me like two times, like one or two times he had said like, we would be talking, he was just like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to do something great. Like that word, that sentence, he said that, like, I'm, I'm supposed to do something great. And it, but he didn't know what it was. Because, like, he was a big fan of, at the time, there was a an author and a speaker, Andy Andrews, who would mm -hmm. speak, and he was real influential. And, and he had a couple Notice. cool bo books. Yeah, The Noticer, The Traveler's Gift mm -hmm. was a big book for me that, um, anyhow, and he was like, I like that, but I don't think I'm supposed to speak. And he was just like, I don't know. I'm supposed to, there's something big I'm supposed to do. And unbeknownst to me, you know, within the next several months, it was pass away that's and the biggest the, thing you do in life right is I go know. to heaven right and then like he just so he was i think he was terrified of getting old you know it wasn't but seven eight months before he died that he got on a bucking horse he was 55 yeah and at the all aggie got on a and you know uh, like i don't think a my dad won it and my dad yeah. was second i don't think my dad like I, every time i've ever like you know for all these years you think about being older you think about your parents getting old <coughs> you think about how it's going to look you know and like I've never, I can't, like, I know what my mom's going to look like. I've never seen my dad old in, like, these. Yeah. And now, it, like, it kind of makes sense, you know? Like, I feel like, like, when you're born, your your due date is written on stone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was, so that was, and then also, you know, getting to see my granddad get old and get dementia, you know, like, so my dad died at 55. Yeah. Picking up horses, you know, on the, was it the first or second? I think it was the first bareback horse out. No, I don't know if it was the first or not. And so that was just, you know, obviously, and everybody always says that, <coughs> well, that's the way he would have wanted to go, and it would, and it is. You but know, it doesn't it make is. it any better. It, it, it make does it make easier. it harder, but um, that is. A but I do though, think man. I do think it it does matter. I think in your legacy, like it it doesn't matter in in a hundred years, it will not matter. But I think as far as like your memory right then, like it, it it's just that was one I of the worst do not want to go texting and driving. Right. 
like or I put, scared I tried, in the hospital bed you know by I'm, yourself, you know, that, like COVID got ripped, you know, and like, and that's that's the worst thing about it. That that part, but but I I just mean like when I say that, like I don't want to be doing something silly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do something that everybody's like. Well, Rick didn't have any control that. over that. I know. Rick didn't have any control over that. Yeah, I know. I just. I mean, I'm just talking about like stupid being an idiot. Or being, uh, you know, like I would hate for that to be my legacy. You know what I mean? Like a legacy. You know, Rick has a legacy. and and Casualty (coughs) of uh, war, man. That's what Yaya says. Yeah. Rick was a casualty of war. She's right, too, man. Like, it's... uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's a a different time we're living in right now. Yeah. This is something we're going to look back on in however many years. Yeah. Yaya rode to the hospital that night. Yeah, she did. Trey Taylor. Trey Taylor. Trey Taylor. Taylor. Forgot about that guy. (laughs) Sorry, Trey. It's been so long since I've seen him. Now you don't have to edit it out. Trey Taylor. Yeah. I knew there was a Taylor in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyhow. But um, that story (coughs) is important to me because there's a lot of people that I treat like it's going to be the last time I see them. Like, there's a lot of people... There's people I'll walk away from and I, I tear up. Is it us? Because uh, I have. Really? Yes, absolutely. Dude, that makes me feel so good. I, I have. I got a tear out of because, it. Like, because, like, I'll. Did you think we were going to die and you didn't tell us? I will force myself to imagine it. And it will give you, like, the most incredible perspective. It's hard. Appreciation. And Lisa told me, she was like, you got to stop doing that. I said, I love it. Because it, it just gives you the most. It makes you treat people differently. Yeah. If you if you can sincerely imagine it, and if you've lost three or four people, like we have, and which there's people out there that have yeah. lost more, but once you've lost somebody, it's easier to rem- to imagine. Absolutely. It. My dad dying fundamentally changed me and mom's relationship. Absolutely. I was yeah. Like, oh I my god, that 100%. I have taken her for granted for yeah. 36 years. You know, like I would be lost without her and but if she wouldn't have stopped listening earlier for all that other stuff you were saying she'd really appreciate that (laughs) yeah but seriously lisa was like man you gotta stop doing that because i was like emotional one day and i was like uh it's like the best thing i have it's the biggest tool i have as far as like how i treat people yeah it'll make you you know appreciate that person's the relationship you have with them like just you know tearing up that contract earlier this year that you know in that or I lost fifteen hundred dollars, you know, just to save a relation. You know what I mean? Like just little stuff like it's that. Cool. Is like, Us, it's me so and the easy. Audience, me and the audience, we don't care what y'all are talking about. It's so easy. We'll just sit here. And you know be what I mean? Just yeah. like lose fifteen hundred to to save a relationship all day. You're crazy. Jokes on you. I'd have spent more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fifteen hundred dollars. Y'all must be balling. What? I'm not balling. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's oh, yeah, how. That couch There's people I'd Spartan kick <laughs> yeah, in the chest yeah, on a mountain for fifteen hundred dollars. Hey, I'm from the halfway house. I'm sitting on a eighteen thousand five hundred dollar couch right Dude, now. Do we know you got that, that that Dale money? I'll build it. I'll bid it up. That to T-shirt. It'll be all right. We'll get it there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm just ready for you to laugh at when you're like, "Can you believe I was only going to price that couch at twenty thousand dollars?" Well, see, hey, no, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm like, I remember the first time someone reached out to me about a couch, and I told him a thousand dollars. And they're like, okay. And they and I was like, oh, this is a scam. <laughs> and they sent it to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> they value <laughs> what I do in the world. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to. Jeremy, I've got too many orders. I've really got to rein this in. I am not touching another couch for less than $3,500. Well, that's the thing. And they were like, okay. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> 65 Okay. 
Eighty-five. That's the only way to balance it. $20,000. That's how you do it. Yeah. We'll see. That's how an artist does it, I assume. You, know? you tell I'm stumbling through this just like the rest of us. <clears throat> You're telling Noah about the flood. Man. <laughs> Why do you think I spend 40 minutes a day talking to your husband? You get 40 <laughs> minutes out of him? Oh, my God. I don't Sometimes. get to talk to him for 40 minutes. <laughs> He's one of four people that you know I call You know why? It's because when he weekly. comes home in the evening and I'm looking through the blinds and he's out there drinking beer, talking on the phone, I'm like. <sighs> Some of my employees, like, they're just like, see me all kept calm and collected and got it put together but really i'm making unlisted youtube videos all right this is my situation and then i send it to you <laughs> keith mundy and then like two other people <laughs> and get like i don't i don't there's not another dale brisby out here that i can just call and be right. like hey what are you doing you know there's there's I know it's. I know I'm not the same, but same. Like and I don't then, know how to price this stuff. And then, <laughs> you also don't know. And then my old man died. Both my granddads. So I went in January, did the podcast with Marcus Luttrell, and pretty much asked him, like, "Hey, can you be my new dad?" <laughs> not really, <laughs> but daddy? like, but like, hey, can I? So like, so do y'all talk much? Well, when it's something serious, because like I'm the patriarch, and it hit me. It took me like a couple years. I'm like, my family. And all my employees now look to me for leadership. And it hit me like last year, like a year ago. Like I think I talked to Jeremy about it. And yeah. I was like, it was heavy. I know. I he had that Marcus, same epiphany coming home one and night. And so when, it, when like a national thing happens, like I'm like, yep. so like anything about like the country or whatever, like I texted him like a week ago, like, hey, this is heavy. What do I, how do I need to think about this? What does he, he say? Does me. he does he So like I'm like big issues. Right. I so know. like China, right, Russia, or even something big like fear. Yeah. What as, is fear? As to an him? emotion. Yeah. You know what I mean? He sent me this deal. I like said to screenshot it. I might get it tattooed on my ribs. Like this guy's like but it's usually just like once every six weeks or something. But it's so good to have like somebody like that. Like Yeah, a real grown up know. to talk to. But, it, but, you know, somebody who's got perspective is like, we've got perspective on certain things in life. He's got perspective on stuff that affects the whole world. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and like it is real easy to get scared about stuff like that. And Jeremy's. Right. Um, and one they'll of the, calm me right, down. Right. Jeremy's got a buddy in one of those groups that he's in that's a Marine something or other. Yeah, he was a special ops in the Air Force. And he has a, that different um, <laughs> geopolitical mindset because of the experiences he's been in. He makes yeah. me feel better, too, when he talks about. You know, stuff. I don't know if we can talk about this <laughs> unclassified things. I don't know, just like the the <laughs> things he says, you know. And he's like, oh, you know, that's just, you know, don't watch the news so much. Yeah, which I stopped doing. But anyway, so yeah. And I hope we said some interesting stuff. That was our life advice. Thank you for listening to this episode of uh, Rodeo Time. <laughs> um, we right. are on to the next one. Don't forget to text podcast to 940-353-0890. Pow, pow. I hope we said some interesting stuff. Yeah, check out Desert Canary Design. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>